0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Nishi's Daily Five, where we analyze Supreme Court cases and their effects. I'm your host, Nishi, and today we have two very special guests joining us for our daily five-minute discussion.
1: Hi, I'm Nikila. Hi, I'm Anika.
0: Once again, I'd like to thank you both very much for joining us today. Today, our topic is the historic Supreme Court case of Terry v. Ohio. Alrighty, let's dive right into it. So, what even is Terry v. Ohio? Would you guys like to give us a quick rundown?
1: Of course. So, Terry v. Ohio was a Supreme Court case that happened in 1968. So, basically, what happened was that police described a group of men as acting suspicious, and then they searched them, and then they found that they were carrying, two of them were carrying a concealed weapon. They were arrested, and Terry took the case up to the Supreme Court, and he argued that the officers violated his Fourth Amendment rights by searching him without a warrant. The judges ruled 8 to 1 that stopping someone wasn't unconstitutional and that officers can stop someone for a certain amount of time if they have reasonable suspicion.
0: Wait, is this where the term Terry stop comes from? Yep, that's where it's from. Oh, that makes sense, actually. So what constitutes reasonable suspicion?
1: So by law,
2: a probable cause and reasonable suspicion means that a police officer has to have sufficient facts allowing them to conclude that it is more likely than not that a crime has been committed, and the person that is of focus is the person responsible for the crime. So for encounters where the police and citizen are in, are in agreement, no justifications are required, but since they were arrested in the Terry case, um, probable cause was required. But doesn't this make reasonable suspicion subjective then? Yeah, exactly. So although there was prob- proper reasonable suspicion in the Terry case, in other police to citizen encounters, it has been misused.
0: Yeah, I've seen this happening during stop and frisk done by the police. In more recent years, people in minority groups were stopped and frisked more than white people were. And it's led to so many like racial profiling cases, and it's also largely affected people of color, and it's also resulted in more police brutality.
1: Exactly. In 2011 in New York, 87% of people stopped and frisked were Latino and Black, and only 9% of people stopped were white. And these patterns also happened in earlier years as well.
0: Right. And even though it was ruled unconstitutional in 2013, we still see how it's spread out of New York. And it's also been really difficult to control.
1: This isn't even the only form of racial profiling that's really serious. It happens almost all the time. And sometimes people don't even realize that they're racially profiling someone.
0: So how do you guys think we can all come together and work together to put an end to racial profiling?
1: So I think the first step would to be to educate people about racism and racial profiling starting at an early age. There's so many harmful stereotypes surrounding racial minorities that lead people to think that someone's suspicious just because of their race.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with Nikita's point. I think like only recently, parents have been educating their children a little bit more on these topics in liberal areas, while in Southern states, it's a little bit more censored. But something I've also seen on um, apps like TikTok and Twitter that students from um, woke liberal schools have students who say they support um, Black Lives Matter and police um, um, who are against police brutality, but in reality, um, they avoid um, these Black students and stereotype them. Yeah,
0: and um, I really liked your point, and I think that as incoming college freshmen, I feel that We have to really be aware that this happens, and we have to check ourselves to ensure that we're not using our subconscious biases to actively exclude people. It's important that we um, take this into consideration and check ourselves every time this happens. We discuss some really important things in today's Daily Five, and I think we can all take away some important lessons and viewpoints from this. Please tune back in tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. for another session of Nishi's Daily Five.